none of all, none of us are in fact. The Bible clearly states in the third, in the third chapter of Romans that we all fall short of the glory of God. So what do I mean when I ask the question, do you know the Lord? In this day and age, we do not want to impose this question because very often such a question is considered not politically correct. However, I am not afraid to ask this question. Because let me tell you, the Lord has been good to me. I cannot keep quiet about him. He picked me up and he turned me around and put my feet on solid ground. So for that, I am grateful. Please keep in mind, I am not saying I am better than those who do not know the Lord. I'm just being grateful. I'm just being thankful. So yes, yes, I'll ask you again. Do you know the Lord? Do you accept the gospel, the gospel of Christ? This is the only way, the only way to know the king of kings. What is the gospel? The gospel is simply this. By his life, death, and resurrection, we know Jesus is the promised Messiah sent by God Almighty in fulfillment of the scriptures. To know Christ, to know Christ Jesus, is to know God himself and all that he has to offer eternally. So, what is the gospel? By his life, death, and resurrection, we know Jesus is the promised Messiah, sent by God Almighty in fulfillment of these scriptures. To know Christ, to know Jesus, is to know God himself and all that he had to offer eternally. Saul apparently, apparently thought he knew God, but instead of opening his mind and heart to the gospel of Christ, he persecuted those who believed. By persecuting them, he thought he was serving God. He thought he was serving mankind. But he was wrong. And he was confronted. He was confronted by Christ the Lord on the Damascus Road. The Lord asked him why was he persecuting him later on. Saul was instructed to go to a certain city to receive instruction that would change his life forever. Saul thought, he thought, he thought he had purpose. We can argue that his heart was in the right place because he truly thought Christian, Christian were crazy people who wanted to tarnish the Jewish heritage. He wouldn't, he would not listen to the gospel like Saul. Our ego, 
it paramount. Our ego. Without realizing it, or we don't want to admit it, our ego, E-G-O, our ego can, can lead us astray if we are not careful. Like Saul, before he became the Apostle Paul, unbelievers, both past and present, think we can get into heaven by good works and good deeds and good behavior. This way of thinking sounds reasonable. It sounds reasonable. Except for one major flaw. There's no way of knowing if my good deeds are good enough. You will never know if your deeds are good enough. This is more important than a cell phone and technology that y'all might be looking at right now. Right now, it's a time to ask yourself, do you know the Lord? There's no way of knowing if your, good, if your deeds are good enough. This level of anxiety gives us no blessed assurance at all. So if we can say we can get into heaven by doing good, and we don't know if we are actually good enough, there's no way we can really sing with a straight face, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, because you don't know. You think you know. But God knows you and me better than we know ourselves. You know, there is this theory, this theory that God is not real or, or, or his word, or his word is not necessary uh, because we can get into heaven by doing good or good behavior. Well, let me shut it down real quick. If, if this is true, then who decides what is good? Who can decide what is good enough to get into heaven? He just said we can get to heaven. We don't need God. We don't need his word. We can just get up there when we die. But my question is, who then make the rule? Who said what is good? Who said what? So next time somebody asks, somebody being smart mouth, they tell you we can get to heaven by good deed. Just ask them, well, who tells us what is good? Who decides what is good? If they get mad at you, just keep walking because they don't just keep walking. Just, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Because I, I will tell you this. You will not win the fight. That's why I don't get into debates with unbelievers. They already made up their mind. But when you know what God has done for you, nobody can take it away from you. All you can do is just tell them, are you sure you can get into heaven with good deeds? Good luck with that. And I'm not trying to be nasty or smart mouth. I'm just letting you know there's no way if you can figure out if you're good enough or, or whatever. 
God said, you'll never be good enough. That's why I give you grace. That's what grace is. Grace is something God give and do for you because you are already not good enough for him. He, he already, when God on the cross, he said, I love anybody. I love everybody. The question is, do you love me? That's all. That's all he wants to know. Do you love me? That's all he wants to know. If you truly love him, you are covered by grace. The Holy Spirit will help you do what it needs to be done. So, then, there are some of us who think there is nothing but a blank void after we take our last breath. Well, the historical prophecies of the Bible have come true and remain unfolding in the present. In addition, there are signs and testimony, testimonies of folks who witnessed heaven and hell since the beginning of time. Therefore, the biblical information regarding life after death cannot be false. Let's not forget people who chose, who choose to disbelieve simply because they do not want to rock the boat. They do not desire to lose friends or connection. They do not want to make their peers uncomfortable. It's easier, it's easier just to sit in the dark with other folks because life is somehow seemingly easier to handle together, united like a flock of blind geese. A blind goose is too busy wandering around to listen to correction or too busy to stay on the narrow path for its own good. Too many people forget the truth of Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, which states, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Look at us. Many of us be blind while sitting in the dark, loosening our souls, and yet we call ourselves enlightened or woke. A, a good example is we like to fight social injustice with, without, without first being first anchored in Christ Jesus, who had all the power and wisdom. But somehow we think we know better. We want to fit the world without listening to the spirit of righteousness. Or we like to fit the world by twisting the word of God. That's just some example. Do you, do you, do you know the Lord? God asked Saul, why was he persecuting him? Likewise, God is asking you and me, why are we ignoring him? As an unbeliever, we ignore him because of the reason we heard a minute ago. Let me flip the coin here. As a believer, believer, as a believer, we sometimes fail to listen to the Holy Spirit because, let's face it, 
Wicked rebellious. Or stubborn. Every now and then. We busy, we busy chasing waterfall. Or, or we think we missing out on what other people have. But we forget we cannot see. We won't see the wages of their sin behind their closed doors. So today, if you don't know the Lord, set aside some time and ask yourself why you denying him. For those who have accepted Christ and his gospel, ask yourself why haven't you paid him much attention as you should have lately? After the confrontation, Saul was instructed with some help of his friend to go to a certain city for further instruction. As a result of these instructions throughout the rest of his life, Saul became Apostle Paul. His life became meaningful. His strength was renewed each and every day in faith. He found out what life is all about. He found God for real. Dear unbelievers, I invite you to crack open the Bible and start your journey with God. His instruction will set you free. Dear believers, I invite you to dig deeper in the Word of God. His instruction will strengthen your peace and joy. So make changes today. Tomorrow is not promised. Too many of us want the breakthrough, but not the instruction. I remember one time when I was in college and we had a private prayer group and a person was talking about car problems. And he asking for us to pray because he had so many problems with his car. So many problems with his car. And I asked, I don't know much about cars, but from, from what he told me, I said, you don't really need a breakthrough. You just need to do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> that, that, just, it, it, I, I know that's not a good example, but sometimes life can be much easier if you just do what he said and stop complicating stuff. You really don't need a breakthrough. You just need to sit down and do what you're supposed to do. Yep, 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 yep. People fasting. And, and falling on the floor looking for a miracle. I understand it's laying in the spirit, but sometimes you just need to do what you're supposed to do. Stop wondering why with the wrong people. Yeah. Right, you know. 
I have so much drama in my life. Well, get away from people who give me you drama. We want the breakthrough, but not the instruction. Does not the Word of God tell us if we want understanding, we must first seek Him in whom are all things created. So, beloved, what is holding you back? To those of you who deny Christ, what is holding you back from believing? What is it that making you not want to believe? To those of us who do believe, what is holding you back from digging deeper with the Lord? Today, my challenge to you, my challenge to you is to ask yourself, truly, 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 what is it that's holding you back? Listen, you have been confronted by God every day. Think about it. Yes, you have been confronted. I'll tell you how. Every single person in the universe has passed by a church building and or a cemetery with at least one cross on his or her way to work or home. Even in third world countries, you see the house of the Lord every day. That God trying to get your attention. Every single person knows at least two or three Bible reading Christians. That's another confrontation. Your grandmama or your great grandmama done told you about her Jesus. That's another confrontation. Every person has witnessed a Christian wedding or a Christian funeral. That's another confrontation. Missionaries have been planted all over the globe. Yes, 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 I know. Like 200 years ago, missionaries were sent to control the country in which Great Britain sought to exploit their natural resources. I know, I know. But that does not change the truth of God's love and power within those who are righteous in Christ Jesus. You know you have heard at least one, one story in your life from somebody who gave the Lord Jesus credit for a personal miracle. That's another confrontation. I, myself, have personally seen the power of the Christian faith enabling the African in Kenya to maintain hope and make positive changes in their communities. That's another confrontation. With all of this in mind, you pass by a church building, you have church friends, you have Christian people that read the Bible, you got grandmama that told you about Jesus, you got church history, you got people telling you about what God done for them, you have all of that confrontation. You don't have no excuse to say, I don't believe. God is trying to call you. Yeah. 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 So, 
Remember, remember, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Says, we are surrounded, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses of the Christian faith and power. So let me ask you again, unbelievers, what is holding you back? What is holding you back? Now, for the believers, why are you backsliding? What is holding you back from a closer walk with the king of kings? Like God asking Saul, why are you persecuting me? God, God is asking you, me, why are we ignoring him? Let me add a quick note. If you are mad at God because, because life sucks, It won't do you any good because, see, even Jesus suffered on the cross. Don't fret. The resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of Christ means you will never, ever have to stay down and out. He'll come through. He'll come through. He will come through. As you are confronted, as you are confronted by God, place your true, your, your true answer. Be honest with him. Your true answer. Place your true answer to God in prayer. Let him know what's going on in your heart. Now, he has something to work with. He has something to work with. This requires your humility. Humility. Humility is the foundation of all virtues. You cannot and will not be effective in anything worthwhile without humility. Even Jesus himself said, Lord, if it be thy will. Don't worry. Humility does not mean you will miss out on anything important. In fact, in fact James chapter 4, verse 2, reminds us that God gives grace. To the humble. James, James chapter 4, verse 10 says, God lifts up the humble. There you have it. As you humble yourself before the Lord, you are given grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. This requires having a close relationship with the Lord. You do not have to memorize the Bible front to back. Just walk with him with a humble spirit. And stop compromising his word just so you can please the bystanders in your life. Do you, do you know the Lord? What is holding you back? Do you really know the Lord? You don't have to be on the Damascus road to find hope, to find Jesus, to find eternal life, to find eternal meaning. You don't have to be on Damascus road. Be right where you are. He is never far from you. 
in him alone will you find grace and mercy. Anytime you need, anytime you need a helping hand and you are ready for a real change, he is there. Call on him anywhere, even in places and situations. You ain't got any business being in the first place. He will rescue you if you are ready. You can find him in a quiet house out in the country. You can find him in the bathroom of an all-night waffle house. You can find him in the sick room. You can find him in the parking lot dumpster as you hunt, as you hunt for food. You can find him in the jail cell. You can find him in the courtroom. You can find him on the dusty roads of Arkansas or on the banks of the Mississippi River. You can find him on Skid Row of Los Angeles. You can find him on the streets of New York City. You can find him on the rolling hill of the Smoky Mountain in Tennessee. You can find him on the midnight train to Georgia. You can find him in the cardboard tents of New Orleans. You can find him in the unemployment office of downtown Chicago. You can find him on the avenues of Washington, D.C. You can find him on the icy roads of Canada. You can find him on the scorching heat of the Sahara Desert. You can find him in the neglected slums of South America. You can find him in the bamboo forest of Thailand or Vietnam. You can find him in the pub houses of London, England. You can find him in the rentals of Siberia. You can find him on the railroads of India. You can find him uptown and downtown and Chi-town. You can find him right wherever you are and call on Christ Jesus with a believing heart. Then and only then will you be covered with grace and mercy. Grace to lead you home and mercy to help you along the way. Grace will lead you home and mercy will help you along the way. Oh, how sweet. How sweet. How sweet the sound. The sound that's picked me up and turned me around and saved, I said saved, a wretch like me. I was once, once was lost, but he, Jesus, he found me. I thought I knew what I was doing, but I was lost, but he found me, he found me. I thought I could not go on, but he found me. Once was blind, but he made me see. Oh yes, he did. He made me see what I needed in my life. I saw what I missed out on. Life wasn't always easy, but twas grace. It was grace. It was grace. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was grace that kept me. Oh, how sweet that grace, that grace. He died 
of that worldly cross. He died on that worldly cross. And he got up on the third day. On the third day, he got up with all power. He said, Mary, don't weep. I got up. Because I got up, you can get up too. Yes, he did. Grace that brought me this far. And grace, oh, that grace will lead me home. Do you, do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.